0: The following interview took place on October 6, 2017, as a copyrighted production of the Colorado Communications Group. You're at a public gathering. Chaos happens. Surely this will not happen to you, could it? Your moment in tech is next. With the tragic events that have happened in Las Vegas, Boston, and other events, How do we respond? What do we do? John Correa, owner and founder of Active Self-Protection, and that's ActiveSelfProtection.com. What can we do if we find ourselves in a bad situation? Well, and I think it's a difficult question
1: to ask because clearly if you were watching what happened there, it was chaos and bedlam. I teach people concealed carry all the time, and I recommend that people be armed and prepared. But in this instance, certainly there was just no opportunity for a concealed carrier to stop that gunman that was too far away, 350 yards and elevated. So the answer isn't shoot him. The answer isn't get your gun out. That just wouldn't help. I've seen some people in the gun community opine that they go back and get their rifle. That's just not going to happen. If you Again, if you watch the chaos, it's just not going down. So really, the thing to do here is um, exactly what Reddy Houston's model is of run-hide-fight. So when you go into a place, any significant place really, make sure that you know at least one exit that's not the place you came in. Because the place where everybody's coming in is going to get really Congested. Try to get out of the danger zone as fast as you can. Run if you possibly can. If you can't run, then hide. In this case, the murderer was shooting indiscriminately, so it's not so much hiding from him but trying to get behind cover, things that will actually stop bullets. And also, I think the big thing for all of us in that moment, once the shooting stopped, it went on for 10 minutes. But once it stopped, is having your first aid equipment on you, having your first aid skills strong. I can't say enough that every American needs to have a, a training in first aid in what we call tactical combat casualty care, or TCCC, and have equipment on them. And I think if only 2% of the people in the crowd that day had had that, then everyone with a non-fatal injury could have been treated. And I think we could have saved lives and certainly saved significant injuries. So the unfortunate truth here is, of course, that evil people do evil things. Uh, And for us, a lesson here isn't firearms related. It's not even making sure that we have those tools on us, but that our first aid equipment is strong, that we know how to keep our wits about. Us. If there is a, per, a piece of equipment that I'd recommend that all people have on them, it's a not only their first aid kit, but a, a very very bright personal flashlight. So then that way they can see when everything else around them's dark, and that kind of cuts through the chaos as well. So I think that's really where the answers are here. Define danger zone. So the danger zone is where people are dying. Uh, the Committee of Tactical Combat Casualty Care, the Committee of T they differentiate between hot zones, warm zones, and cold zones. And hot zones is where people are actively dying, where shootings actively happening. And the key there is to stop that threat or to get out of that area. And so that's that danger zone where people are dying right now. And to get out of that, to get to a warm zone. A warm zone is near that zone where there is still danger in the area, but nobody's actively dying in that area. And a cold zone is as an area that is known safe and secured.
0: You said first aid kit would be the bare minimum for a first aid kit. In my
1: opinion, a bare minimum for somebody to carry right now would involve at least one set of uh, latex or nitrile gloves, a tourniquet. I recommend either the Soft T Wide. or the Combat Application tourniquet called a CAT Generation 7, and make sure you get reels on those and not fakes. Fakes are uh, a bound, so make sure you get a real one on that. I would strongly recommend in that kit have at least a 4-inch Israeli bandage, and if you have those, you probably have the bare-bare minimums. I'd also strongly recommend some kind of a hemostatic gauze like Quick Clot or Sealox and a chest seal, something like a hyphen compact or something, if at all possible. you also definitely need some sort of a Cutting implement on you. So, whether that's a pair of, you know, a, a pocket knife, or uh, if you go real expensive, a pair of breakdown trauma shears or a cutting hook, something like that in that kit. Uh, and you can get those very, very small. I carry mine and a, a little neoprene band that I wear around my ankle.
0: All those parts seem to be very small and can fit in the backpack and would not take up much room. Certainly, yeah. A backpack, if you carried a backpack or a purse or something like that, they'll fit in
1: there, pack them up real tight, keep them in one spot, and they don't take much room either. Even for that, again, that's a real basic kit. That's not going to solve a whole lot of people's problems, but it'll take care of you and yours in an emergency.
0: Tell us about ActiveSelfProtection.com. So
1: the website, ActiveSelfProtection.com, has the core of the business there. Where people get to know me, though, is they know me on my YouTube channel. If you just search YouTube for Active Self Protection or our Facebook page, what we do on the YouTube channel is people send me real-life surveillance videos of armed robberies, carjackings, stabbings, muggings, active killer incidents, and we do after-action reports on them and them for Lessons Learned. We post a new one every single day. And then we also do a lot of stuff on our website with long-form articles to help people be safer and protect their families.
0: How prepared are you for your moment of tech? This is Jay Melnick.